Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Bosho. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Come on, man, praise the Lord, praise the Lord for many trauma, Lord for my play and calma. Praise him, and he is good. Praise him, and he is great. Praise him, and he is God. Praise him, and he is genadig. Praise the Lord with play and calma. Hallelujah. That means praise the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Hallelujah. Amen. Now for those of you that think that's too loud, you're gonna have a great shock in heaven because there's gonna be half an hour silence in heaven. The rest of the time, the Bible says, they rest not day and night, but they give glory to the Lamb who sits upon the throne forever and ever and ever. They rest not day and night, but they give glory to the Lord. Come on, give Him glory one more time. You give Him your praise, your offering that you brought tonight, the first fruits of your lips. They're behind your mask tonight. You know, people are going through a lot in the world. And I promise you, if the Ukrainians could be here tonight, they'd be running around the building and they would be praising God at the top of their voices. And we have 7 million people watch us every week from Russia, Poland, Ukrainian. And we wanna say to all those people, we love you. We are praying for you. And especially those in Russia who are anti this attack against Ukraine. It's ungodly, it's unjust. And we pray that God will intervene this week and that there will be peace. Say Amen tonight in Jesus' Name. We're not gonna sit in our corner of our world and just think about ourselves. We have to think about the whole world and we must live with a world view and have a compassion. There are people all over the world that don't know what tomorrow holds. Here we stand free, though masked, but not muzzled. And we have freedom. No bombs, no missiles, no rockets. Our own challenges yet, but here we are tonight. So come on one more time, CRC, all the churches across South Africa. Make a joyful shout unto God tonight in Jesus' Name. I hope you're ready tonight because I came prepared and God is ready for you. I hope you are ready to receive something from God. Hey, welcome to all our churches, uh, 34 churches with us. Um, there's tens of thousands in this service. The Bishop of Cape Town and his wife is here tonight. Bishop Aidan and Sharon. Give them a welcome. <laughs> you know, people carry heavy on titles, uh, but the Bishop is an overseer and it's somebody that oversees many churches. So I stand in that office, but I do not claim the title because I refuse to wear the robe. Okay, that's just a, a, a weak joke. So, uh, 
Amen. Lift your hand and say this tonight, even if you are here for the first time. Many thousands in Bloemfontein. I'm very proud of the pastors in Bloemfontein. See thousands returning to our churches there. In uh, the first service, over a thousand more people. Second service, thousands extra. Well done to those pastors. But listen, listen. God has an appointment with you tonight. And God is looking for a place to put His fire. I said God is looking for a place to put His fire. And in the Old Testament, God lived in the Holy of Holies. Now God lives in you and me, but God will never force Himself on us. God meets you at a place of sacrifice and that sacrifice is when you give God your heart and your everything. There's things God can do in a moment that a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a theology school cannot do in a lifetime. So I want you to say this tonight. Very, it's a very short little prayer that you're going to say. You're going to mean it. And you're going to say, baptize me tonight, Father, with fresh fire. In Jesus' name, take your seat. Amen. We don't have a lot of time, but a moment is all we need. I believe God's going to light a fresh fire in many of you. Some of the greatest encounters I've had with God is when I never planned or expected it. I just showed up, but God was there. And God planned that encounter. And one thing I learned, when I preach a preacher, I listen to him. But more than that, I look for the Holy Ghost and I listen to what God is saying to me. Because the preacher is the catalyst. The preacher can only be used by God to ignite something in you. If indeed there is something in you. So when we look at our world and we understand after this COVID pandemic, after the crises, plural, that is facing humanity, the suicide rate among teenagers, drug addiction, drug abuse, alcoholism, so many things that have captured Christians again. We cannot for a moment assume that it's okay to be lukewarm, undecided and mediocre at this time. I'll tell you something, you cannot fake fire. We've all gone to the supermarket and they have a lantern there and it looks like a fire, but when you get close to it, there's no heat. It's a fake fire, a lot of fake fire. A lot of fake fire in many people. It looks like the real thing, but it's not because it changes nothing. A cold world needs a church on fire. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, creation is groaning and travailing. This is what we sing in Ukraine. This is what we saw in Afghanistan. This is what we see in countries in Africa that have been in war for generations. That there is a groaning. There is a conflict between light and darkness. And all Christians very often can think about is myself and survival. And although your needs are important, 
The Bible teaches us very clearly, not even to think about our personal needs, but to seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness, to have an understanding of the time that we live in, that we are yeah, Our life is on loan. Our life is as a vapour. We are here today and gone tomorrow. We have buried many young people. Last week, a 23-year-old volunteer, and we still are weeping about that, in one of our departments just suddenly died. Went for a minor operation and never came out of the operation. She died. The week before, she was serving as a volunteer. Now, she's in heaven. You talk to the average young person, they think they will live forever. That's why they begin to flirt with the world. They think it's okay. And they don't realize that Jesus can come anytime. That any moment can be their last moment. I'm not being dramatic. I'm telling you a fact. That things happen weekly. That people around us die weekly. We cannot be a church asleep. We have to be a people that attracts the presence of God. Our lives have to be like that song says, an altar where the fire of God burns. That means Jesus first. I said, that means Jesus first. If you love Jesus tonight with all your heart, jump to your feet and give Him a praise all over South Africa. Come on. Let's lift up the Name of Jesus over the nations of the world. So I believe God's fire is gonna fall on a new generation. And let me qualify, a new generation has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with hunger. I mean, I was preaching at a conference and a guy came to me, must be about 35, 38. And he said to me, you know me, I'm not fallen. And he says to me, you're the older generation and, and we are waiting to take over from you. I said, it depends who's gonna live the longest because I still have 30 years. I don't know how many years you have. I still have 30 years ahead of me. So I don't know what is old. Because the presence of God never gets old and the fire of God never gets old. Impact in God's kingdom has nothing to do with your youthfulness. It has everything to do with your hunger, your sacrifice and what you carry. The impact, the footprint that you leave when you walk. There are some people that are so lightweight that when they walk in the sand, there's no footprint. Can't even see they've been there. Talk a lot, but there's no footprint. There's no impact. We need a church of impact. I said we need a church of impact. We need young people of impact. We need people that carry a fire that cannot be quenched. A fire that changed. Oh, come on, is there a hungry young person in any CRC church today? Give him a praise at the top of your voice. Sands of time are running out. And uh, 
I'm talking at a conference this week and I have to choose my words carefully because I'm a guest. Do you understand what that means? If, if you're at a, a guest at a table, it doesn't mean you agree with everybody that sits at that table. You just land up as a guest. Right? Doesn't mean I agree with the doctrine of the other guest. Matter of fact, sometimes I, I, I don't believe anything the person says. Doesn't change the fact that sometimes I'll go to have impact. The church is one generation away from failure. And for those who want to prophesy all the time in the New Testament, there's one prophecy that has to be fulfilled. If you go study Matthew 24, and I'm going to do a teaching on this sometime to irritate people. And I'm going to show you that everything in Matthew 24 that Jesus prophesies about is in three different time dispensations. And all of those prophecies have been fulfilled, except this Gospel of the Kingdom must be preached to all the nations at, as a witness and then the end will come. Everything else has already happened. And then for people that always talk about these weird and wonderful things that God supposedly reveals to them, outside of Scripture and outside of the Bible, I want to say that the Apostle Paul, who is the most senior apostle apart from Jesus Christ Himself in the Bible, he says, I was caught up to the third heaven and there God showed me many things of which I am not permitted to speak. A lot of people talk about things that is not in the Bible. And the reason Paul never did it's because it would not build your faith and it would not keep you focused on your eternal purpose, which is to get people to heaven. Because that's the only reason why Jesus has not come back, news for you. So if you wanna get married, you better get married soon. If you wanna have a baby, you better get your baby very soon in Jesus' Name, okay? He's not going to wait for you to, to, to feel what it's like to have a, a marriage. I'm not saying now you're 20 years old, get married. But He didn't put you on this earth just to live a good lifestyle. He put you on this earth and while you live in this earth, He promises you a great life, etc. But above that, beyond that, what overshadows all of that is His Kingdom purpose. And, and that's what people miss. And, and wherever the Kingdom purpose of God is not top priority, the fire that begins to burn is a fake fire, is a fake fire. I said it's a fake fire. It is brass, it is not gold. It looks like gold, but if you polish it, you will see it is not gold, it is brass. If you bite it, you will bite it and you will see it is brass, it is not gold because it does not carry or enshrine the purpose of why Jesus Christ came to planet Earth. He came for one reason. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For this purpose Jesus came into the world to save sinners, Paul says, of who I am chief. The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. 
It's the only reason why Jesus came into this world was to redeem us, to get us back to God. No other reason. No other reason. And part of this journey is God says, I will bless you. I'll give you influence. I will promote you so that you can be a blessing, so that you can be an influencer, so you can bring more people to heaven as the director of that company. But that's the reason why Jesus came. Not to give you a ministry. I tell pastors all the time, Jesus never died to give you a career. The light that shines from the cross is not a limelight to lighten up your ego. As a matter of fact, your name means nothing. Your ego means nothing. The only name that matters is the name of Jesus Christ. And that name alone should be magnified and exalted. Come on, shout Amen. Give Him a praise. Hallelujah. I mean, people get divided based on their leaders. I understand when people say CRC is the place to be, that's fine. Um, but we are not better than anybody else. We just, we are a tribe that God has placed and our identity is in a tribe. But we are not better, we are different. And we are not yet to say, I'm of Paul or I'm of Barnabas. Because Paul never died for you. Your prophet never died for you. If you talk more about your prophet than you talk about Jesus, you're deceived. So let's talk about this fire that will change you and that will turn you into the person that God wants you to be. But I'm going to say it again. You qualify for this fire by being hungry. Hungrier for God than anything else. I think it's something we lost in charismatic churches. That is pressing into God. That is tarrying at the altar. Like I did as a young person. I prayed many nights, most Friday nights from six till six. Things you know nothing about. You look at me on the platform in a t-shirt and you think this is what made me. No, my brother. I, I sought God. I prayed for 12 hours non-stop in tongues. I was up every morning, five o'clock in the morning and prayed in tongues till eight o'clock when nobody was watching without a pastor calling a prayer meeting. I had a hunger for God. And as I was kneeling at my bed one day, because I always kneel when I pray, just believe you may think it's religious. It's okay to walk around, but you better sometimes get on your knees before God and see God on your knees. I prayed and I cried out for God because I was speaking in tongues, but I knew I did not have fire. I was witnessing. There was something lacking. Power. We live in a generation where everybody wants everything instantly, where young people are entitled. And young people, and, and, and even in, in the time that um, I was a child, I still am a child of God, but when I was a child, I saw how the family was already fighting about the inheritance that the parents had to leave them. And the one claimed the ring and the one claimed this and the one claimed that, etc., etc. It's like people think they are entitled to certain things. Well, the only entitlement you have is to what Jesus did for you. 
2,000 years ago and you better get hungry for what Jesus did for you and you better begin to pursue what Jesus did for you and cry out for everything God has for you more than anything that this world has to offer. Are you listening to me? I talk to pastors all over the world and young people and I, and, and, and I mean, you have maybe some of the most silver-tongued orators and what I love about Paul, he was maybe one of the most intellectual speakers of his day and he always downplayed himself for the sake of people. He never spoke these big words with eloquence that people didn't understand and then the bishop has to say, Fimes, did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? No, I didn't get it because I don't understand what you're saying because what you said doesn't make sense. It sounds very fancy, but it makes no sense. Says my speech in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, my, my speech and preaching were not with the enticing, beguiling words of man's wisdom. I didn't try and impress you with my oratory, my language. But when I came to you, I determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified, that your faith should not be in the wisdom, the eloquence of man, but in the power of God. So we don't have to elevate personalities. We honour those that God uses, but we never worship them. We never elevate them. We honour them. We recognise them. We know where the shadow is that will heal you. We know where the preacher is that will change your life. We discern the fivefold ministry gifts that God gave us. We honour them, but we do not elevate them above Jesus Christ. Can I have an Amen in Jesus' Name? Julia, I want to puke when I see people talk on social media about my prophet, my prophet, my prophet, my prophet. I want to vomit. Because it's sickening. Talk about Jesus. Go talk about Jesus. Go to your work tomorrow and talk about Jesus. We are here for the renown of the Name of Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Say Amen. So Luke chapter 12, verse 49 again in the message, Jesus says, I've come to start a fire on this earth. How I wish it were blazing right now. I've come to change everything, turn everything right side up. How I long for it to be finished. You think I've come to smooth things over and make everything nice? Not so. I haven't even started. Put another zero to your 10. He says, I've come to disrupt and confront. From now on, when you find five in a house, it will be three against two. Students, five in a house, two against three. Because three want to serve God, two don't. Two want to be on fire for God, three want to come to church and go to the club on Friday night. Says, I've come to disrupt and confront. Five in a house, three against two, two against three, father against son. Son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against bride, bride against mother-in-law. Thank God for our mother-in-laws. Everybody say amen. So Jesus, when He talks about following Him, He says, if you love anybody else more than me, you cannot be my disciple. If you love anybody else more. That's on me, it's Jesus. Then John the Baptist puts it in perspective, a great prophet, 
He's the forerunner of Jesus. Verse 16, Luke chapter 3, John intervened. He said, I'm baptising you in the river. Says the main character. Hallelujah. Jesus is the main character. Jesus is the name that is above every other name. There is salvation in no other name, but in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on. You lift up the name of Jesus. The fire of God will fall in your church. You glorify Jesus and you stop trying to get everybody to like you. You get people to worship Jesus. You will see the fire of God will show up in your church. He says, he's the main character in the drama to whom I am a mere stagehand. What is that? I prepare the way. I set the mood band. I prepare the way as a worship leader for the main character. I prepare the atmosphere through my preaching for the main character. I'm the stagehand. I'm the one in the background. I'm the one that is there to make way for the King. That's why worship has to be so focused and Spirit-led. Everything we do to attract the presence of God. We understand that God is here. He's omnipresent. But we talk about the corporate anointing. We talk about the Shekinah glory of God. We talk about God inhabiting. We talk about God's presence manifesting. That happens in a certain kind of worship, not running through a worship list, but following the conductor, which is the Holy Ghost, who lives in us, who is there to prepare the way can be in the first song, second song. That's why we have to pray in tongues. We have to be spiritual, not just skillful. We have to be spiritual. We have to be a people that carry the fire of God. Because you can play your saxophone. I love it that you're on here. I love that our orchestra is happening in Bluvenane as well. I'm going to give them a hand clap. There's many more of you that can play instruments. Come and volunteer. It can be one person like David that plays an instrument. Bam! God shows up because of what that person carries. I'll say it again. A lot of people walk and they leave no footprints. You can't even see they've been in a place because they bring no change. I'll say it again. A lot of people show up and leave no footprints because they carry no weight, no substance. They've never taken the time to receive what God promises and that is the substance of the Holy Ghost which puts weight in you and which produces change in other people. It's not something you can buy. You can't study it at text. You can't do it through our sets. Our degree that we study to train pastors. There's a lot of people that have a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of people, as a matter of fact, worldwide statistics, people that went to Bible colleges, Bible schools and theology, 5% of them stay in the ministry. 95% of them fall out. Because they have knowledge but no substance. What did God give the disciples on the day of Pentecost? Substance, fire, not knowledge. Knowledge followed. He gave them substance. 
a river that never runs dry. I said a river that never runs dry. A fire that can never, oh come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. You have that fire in your belly. You've got a little bit of praise and stir up that gift, stir up that anointing. Stop acting like you've received nothing and begin to respect that fire and that anointing. Because without that, it's talk, 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 and nothing changes. Walk, 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 no footprint. No weight. And I'll say it again because I've been a pastor now, senior pastor for almost, it's 35, going on 36 years. And I've worked with a lot of staff. We have hundreds of people employed, etc. And I say to our young staff all the time, what are you waiting for? Because when I was a young person, I moved things. Things happened. I carried something as a 23-year-old. Built my first ministry when I was 23 years old. Nobody paid the bills. I prayed and I, I caught something. People listened. Young and old came. Because I had something that they wanted. Something I received from God that you do not receive from a man. You don't receive it from being cool. You can roll your jeans up to your knees. It's not going to get anybody to change. Stand in a three-piece suit in a cardboard box among everybody that is cool. When you open your mouth and substance comes out, those young people will fall on their knees and they will cry out to God because their hearts are touched by something that you carry on the inside. Something you cannot buy. Something you get one place. And that is from God Himself. So, 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 so when I see people, and it's not a criticism, in the ministry act so lightweight, like they move nothing, they grow nothing, they shift nothing. It is evidence that they've never taken the time to spend in the presence of God pushing into the presence of God, hungering at the throne of, of grace until they are endued with power from on high. Because the day you are baptized with fire, everybody sees it. Everything changes in your ministry, in your life. Everything changes. You, you don't just have words, because words don't change people. It's what you carry. When you speak, those words. I know you have to go, uh, Faith TV, we love you. Thank you for being with us. I tell you that God loves you. And some people sound very confrontational and because people sit at home and they don't want to go to churches. And I respect many of you that say, there's no church we can go to in our little community, etc. I respect that. But for those of you that are living in Pretoria, Bloemfontein, one of our cities, and I understand your child has to go to school and um, Tuesday night you're going to go to a birthday party and you're going to go home 10 o'clock. Your child's also going to go to school. I understand that. Totally. It's just like God must be on the back burner always. 
God must just fit in with us always. And we wonder why we're in a mess. And I can't lie to you. Jesus came to disrupt. He came to confront. He came to set things in order. He didn't come to smooth things over and have a conversation that you want to hear. Because the conversation that you want to hear has brought you to the place where you are. Some of you simply have to get back to church. You simply have to get back in the presence of God and you simply have to get hungry for God again. There is no other way. I love you. God bless you. Grace, peace and mercy to you. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Come on, give them a hand clap. I took some of our pastors who had a 50th birthday um, we went to a restaurant try, struggled to get in there Thursday night and everything was jam-packed every restaurant couldn't fit people in and then people say to me they're afraid to come to church on a Sunday night and I'm thinking okay but you're not afraid to go to the restaurant and sip your wine and dine I don't have a problem with that but suddenly you're afraid to go to church. Let's just say it as it is. Priority. You know, one thing we did well in raising our kids is we brought them to church twice on a Sunday. We got them into God's presence because the presence of God has the ability to rub off on young people. And the younger they are, the more God rubs off on them. When they go through their, um, some people think the child has to go to bed nine o'clock. Well, you can be out of church at eight o'clock and then still go put your child in bed. He's, he's not a little, uh, a little demigod. That child needs a hunger for God. That child. I mean, Samuel grew up in the temple. Jesus, 12 years old, reasoned with his scribes. So let's stop treating children like they're not spiritual. And because they're school, they can't come to church. Well, what did they do last night? What did they do Friday night? Why do they have to study on Sunday night? You're making a mistake as a parent. You think God cannot protect you coming to church and going back home? I mean, Pastor Andre Lombard, it's his testimony a few weeks ago. And he's... Uh, <laughs> and love, it's not a great experience he had. And remember, he's an ex-military guy, ex-special forces, a recce. So there he is. Served in the reckeys for many, many years. And he got home and somebody was waiting for him, dragged him out of the car, put a gun in his back, had him on the floor, threatened him and uh, tried to steal his car, keys, wallet, etc., etc. And I mean, it's something that happened and he understands as I understand, rather than being traumatized by that, we give God glory for the protection and for the angels and that the plan of Satan never worked against him. Amen. That God protected him. Like some of you, you've been in an accident. It's not like you're never gonna go climb in a car again. You say, thank God that He protected me. 
thank God He protected me. Come on. Thank God He protected me. Hallelujah. In Jesus' Name. We look for the good, not the bad. We look for God, not the devil. We see God's hand of protection. We don't live in fear because God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. And this is what I say. And I should say it in the morning. People don't realise what they do when they keep their children out of church. They don't realise what they do. Because your children has to get into the presence of God. You don't ask your boy, do you want to go to church? You say to him, get dressed, we're going to church. He can rant and rave, it doesn't matter. He has to sit in the presence of God or he will have no love for God. And then his children will have no love for God. You have to bring your offspring into the presence of God. Say Amen tonight. So He says, I'm gonna ignite the kingdom life in you. The Holy Spirit, I'm gonna change you from the inside out. I'm gonna clean house. God's been busy with that with many of us, many of you. Make a clean sweep of your lives. I'm gonna place everything in its proper place. What does that mean? I'm gonna be first. It doesn't take second place, God. First. First in everything. Say Amen. Everything false He'll put out with trash to be burned. So He makes it clear. Come to start a fire in you. <laughs> um, when you have a fire in you, you, you witness to people. When you have a fire in you, you're not intimidated by people. When you have a fire in you, you have a boldness about you. When you have a fire in you, you don't fall for every temptation. I've come to put a fire in you. You know, I go to gym most days of the week, five or six times a week, and I'm still trying to, to look better. But um, I witness to people all the time. Then I watch other Christians don't talk to one person while they train. They don't even think about the lost in the same space. I just don't get it. That how you can have this fire in you and you never think about the people that you are working with, that your oikos, your gym, your golf club, and there's not something in you that wants to reach out to sinners. I don't get it. You don't have fire. You've not been baptised in fire. Because when that fire comes, it makes you a witness. It's like people say, I'm not, an, I'm not an evangelist by nature. Until you have a tea party, and then you can't stop talking. Until your husband pushes the wrong button, and then your, your volume escalates, and then you don't have enough words to say. So, 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 so let's not talk about that. Uh, Paul says, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, which is the spirit of timidity but power, love and a sound mind. So if you're timid, it's because you don't have the spirit of power, love and a sound mind. If you're timid, it means you're lacking something. Doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means you're lacking. You've not received something. Because to witness should be natural. It's your nature. It's your calling. It's your commission. It's who you are. 
When you stand in a grocery line, you should be witnessing to the other people because you hear people talk. If you're able and you see that lady that is just taking a few things and she's looking at her pennies, you should be the one to say, man, put more things in that basket. I'm gonna pay for you. And I'll tell you why I'm gonna pay for you because Jesus loves you and Jesus cares about you and you witness to that person. You're not a silent witness. You are called an ambassador. An ambassador opens his mouth. An ambassador represents a kingdom. An ambassador never shows up for himself. He shows up for his leader. And your leader's name is Jesus Christ. When you go to work, you are his ambassador. So he gives you the fire to be a witness. And when you stop witnessing, you lose the fire. Then what takes its place? Religion. Religion. It's not a precious statement. This is the Bible. His final instruction is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is Jesus Christ talking to us. You shall receive power. And that power will make you a witness, not a silent witness. It amazes me how people will go and, and you watch when, when we were at the restaurant. I mean, there were people down there making a lot of noise and making noise everywhere. People are talking because we are social creatures, like people yuck, 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 yuck. So don't tell me you don't have the personality, you're not outgoing. When you sit and you talk about something that pushes your, or flicks your switch, you have a lot to say. Why don't you talk about Jesus? It's a question. Why don't you talk about Jesus Christ to your friends and your colleagues and your family? Why don't you talk to Jesus, to them about Jesus Christ? Because that is your primary assignment. That is why God saved you. That is your purpose. That is your mission. And for this world to be changed, we have to become those ambassadors of God. We have to become vocal. And don't tell me that people don't need the gospel shoved down their throat. The Bible says, how will they hear without a preacher? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach glad tidings. How will they hear without a preacher? The Bible says God chose through the foolishness of preaching for people to get saved. It's the only way people get saved. When you share your witness, when you talk about Jesus, and the more you talk about Jesus, the less chance the world has to get its claws back in you because you set the line to your friends. When you talk about Jesus, they're not gonna invite you for a drink. You talk about Jesus when they invite you. Last time they invite you. <laughs> I was working and, uh, for, for Rank Xerox and uh, we had this motivational conference just outside of Lesotho in a lodge. And um, the guy that was leading this was a Jewish person who used the Bible to speak on finances, making money. And the owner of the company, very wealthy man, I don't want to say his name, some of you may know him. I mean, he used to have a saying, money, 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 money comes to me. Money, 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 money comes to me. He loved money. Money was his everything. So yeah, we sit at the conference, everybody's sitting there, all the grand people, the salespeople are sitting there. And he asks this clever question. He says, tell us, Everybody around this table doing an icebreaker now. Who's your best friend? 
<laughs> and I felt the pressure because I thought, what am I going to say? I'm going to say my girlfriend, she's my best friend. I'm going to say the guy that sat next to me who happened to become a pastor, he is a friend, of my best friend. I knew that Jesus was my best friend. So now I'm in a predicament. What am I going to do? Am I going to say it? You better believe it. So it came to me and he says, and you? I say Jesus. He said, huh? I, I, I said, what are you? I say Jesus. I say Jesus saved me. How can he not be my best friend? Jesus did this. Jesus did that. I just spoke for about two minutes about Jesus. I just, and that was the end of that. That was the last one to talk about their best friend. The atmosphere changed immediately. You know how people get all awkward. It's suddenly like, um, uh, okay, um, uh, mm, uh, yeah, no, um, yes, no more blinkity blink jokes. Uh, mm, uh, he must be thinking there, why did that manage to bring him? We are the body. We are the body. I spoiled their body. And then you know what, you, what happens when, 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 when people are bold, when you do that, there's always someone that comes to you and says, tell me about this. And I led how many people to Jesus Christ? Because people want to hear somebody that can talk, somebody that's not ashamed, somebody that's not embarrassed. Because that may be the law. How can I not be true? How can I deny Him? When He says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. It's not just the day of salvation. It's every day of your life. That is our first or is not. And if it's not, it's because we are ashamed of Him. That's the truth. And that means we need to be baptized with a fire that will burn out this fear of rejection and the fear of people's opinions. When I was at university, we sat in the cafeteria and as people were walking in and the girls were walking in, the light was behind. Um, and so you, you could see through their dresses as they walked in. Now. I was sitting at a table with about 12 guys and you know how guys begin to talk. So I just came through army, I'm in the university and the language when men are together becomes filthy, ugly. So they begin to talk about the girls. I sit there and I listen. And then the one guy, clever, he says, I'll tell you what will solve all the problems of the world. The other guy says, what? He says, sex. Sex, 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 and more sex, just like that. I said, oh no, I'll tell you what's gonna solve the problems of the world. Jesus, 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 and more Jesus. And I mean, they all sat there. It was like, it was like hitting them with a, a, a five pound hammer. And they were sitting there, almost the guy almost choked on his words. And, and you know how it is. Those people that spoke to Jesus, they began to leave. Um, suddenly, they had to go somewhere. And there's always the one or two that's too polite to go. 
and I witnessed to them, led them to Jesus, took them to church, discipled them, spoke to them. If we carry this and we have the hope of humanity, what is it that is stopping us from radically sharing our faith if we truly believe that people without Jesus Christ are damned for eternity. Because we've lost our fire or we've never been baptized in fire because this commission of Jesus is not something that, that, that you should think about. It's something that should come out of you. It should be out, come out of you because the river of life flows out of you. The fire of God is for you to consume the hay, the chaff and the stubble, but that fire is there to make you a witness, meaning purifies your character, refines you, turns you into a witness, but not just that, it touches your tongue. So you become a witness of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why you can't do this thing half-hearted. You, you, you present your body a living sacrifice, the fire of God will fall. You live a life of compromise, the fire of God will never fall because the fire of God doesn't fall where there's not sacrifice. And for sacrifice, you need surrender. And for surrender, you need hunger. You need to hunger for God more than what this world has to offer. Listen. Young people come to university all over South Africa, first year, and I think, thank God I'm free from my father, my mother, and now I'm just gonna live it up. And lose yourself. And then we have to work to get you back. I'll, I'll say this again, parents. I raised three kids as well, and they go through phases. Part of that is rebellion. Part of that is pushing boundaries. But I thank God I always brought them into church. It was never an option because I knew it wasn't me saying to them, come to church. It's me bringing them to the presence of God where they catch something. Some parents leave their children at home when they come to church. How do you do that? How? How do you leave your child at home? How do you as a family stay at home and say, well, we might go to church. Do you realize that you are dealing with generational faith? That you, you are actually, you have to preserve your bloodline. You have to preserve Christianity in your bloodline. And that's why you have to raise your children, the Bible says, in the ways of God. And one of those ways are to teach them that come Sunday, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord our God. Because now, brother comfortable, it's not about you. It's about the next generation. You forget. When you were 20 year old, you needed the church. You needed the church. Now you are 50 years old and you think you don't need the church and you are disconnecting your children from the church and they will never get a love for God. They will lose their love for God because you are teaching them wrong ways because you lost your fire for God. It's not a game. When it comes to God's kingdom, Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to everlasting life. Few there be that find it. A lot of people that walk and never leave a footprint. 
What footprints are you leaving for your children? What footprints are you leaving for your friends? What footprints did you leave on Friday night? Where are those footprints? I'm not condemning you. I'm telling you that everything you do is impacting somebody. Every conversation, every time you do not speak up, not in judgment, but in love, you're endorsing behaviour that will alienate people from God. The human spirit is created by God and there is one person who can subject a human spirit. No man can do it. Which doctors try, Sangomas try, people try, you cannot. You cannot control another human spirit. You cannot influence a human spirit. You cannot save a human spirit. You can teach a child, but if that human spirit is not under the divine control of God, that human being is a disaster waiting to happen somewhere with his 20, 30, 40, 50. So if you have experienced Jesus Christ, you wanna take this walk very serious and you wanna stay close to Jesus Christ and you wanna continue to stay close to the fire, a church where the fire of God burns and you want to continue to press into God and be hungry. Because what you hunger for, you will attract. Whether it's the things of the world or the things of the Spirit, you will attract what you hunger for. So when Jesus comes, listen, and I have to close, when He comes, He comes to change you. He comes to change me. He comes to take control. He comes to set things in order. He comes to invade. Not share. Not occupy a room. He comes to take the key of your heart. He comes to occupy the whole house. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you have never ever surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never given Him the keys. No one moving now, thank you. If it's a man moving, I'll play for your bladder. Thank you. Because you obviously have bladder problems. Or you want to go smoke a joint, you're getting withdrawal symptoms. I'll pray for you and cast out that devil. So, we stand here or we stand there. We can't always stand where our friends stand. We can't always stay where, stand where our families stand. I mean, Jesus makes it clear. He says, five, two will be divided against three. We have to choose where we stand. And when we stand there, we stand for God 24-7, right? We stand for Him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We stand for Him unashamed. We stand for Him. We shine for Him. We live for Him. Otherwise, what is this? Just another dead religion where we clap our hands, stomp our feet, shout hallelujah, have a smoke machine. And I'll prove to you one Sunday, I'll take the band over the platform, we won't sing a song and I'll let the presence of God move you in 10 minutes. I don't need a band for, for the anointing. I've, I've, I, I, I was baptized in the fire long ago. Long ago. Sometimes people sing the fire out of me. A 
That's why I can't stomach anything that's cold, mediocre, lukewarm. Because once you're touched by the fire, that's what you want. That's what you're used to. That's what you hunger. You work with people and you hear people yuck, 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 and you feel no substance. It agitates me. Because you know, those people haven't taken the time to get what they can only get from God. Then they want to lead the next generation. You cannot. You have to go to the mountaintop yourself. You have to press into God yourself. You have to get the fire from God yourself. Listen. You have to get committed. You have to be the hungry one. You. Because your character and your pizzazz and your slick and your cool will only take you that far and will impress only so many people, but it will leave no lasting impression on anybody. That's why you see people all over the world, and I'm a fan of young people, but I've met very, very few young people that carry substance. Very few, very few, very, very few all over the world that carry. Oh, they talk all the right things and say the right things. And you can teach a parrot to say all the right things. But they don't. There's just something lacking. And why am I saying this? Not to criticize you, but to tell you there's no easy. There's no your generation, which is the entitled generation and the instant generation where God's just going to baptize you with this fire because you claim it and you think you deserve it without paying a price. It's not going to happen. Because it didn't happen to me. It didn't happen to Paul. It didn't happen to Peter. It didn't happen to the early church disciples. It happened to none of them. It didn't happen to Moses. Thousands of years before that. They all had to go to the burning bush. They all had to have a baptism. And it's not something that you can force on people and say, everybody, we can baptize you in water. But when it comes to the fire, it's, 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 it's when the ground is right, when the soil is right, when the sacrifice is right, when the altar is complete. Are you even getting what I'm saying to you? I would like to just pray and say, be filled with fire, fire, fire. It's not as simple as that. There has to be the right stuff on that altar, the hunger, the sacrifice, the desire, the pressing in, all those things have to be on there. And only God can see what's on there. And when, when everything is there that God is looking for, bam, God lights the fire. He lights it and He gets the glory. Come on, say amen in Jesus' name. He lights it. He lights it. And once He lights it, it never burns out. It's always there. Oh, come on, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Come on, give Him a praise. Come on, young people. Come on, come on, come on. Give Him a praise with all your heart. Give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. Come on, give Him a praise. Stop being issue-driven and begin to cry out for God. 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 
begin to get hungry for God to use you in your generation. You can be a home cell leader tonight and you can have revival in a home cell. You can be a home cell member and you can have a revival in a classroom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sit down quickly and listen, 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 listen. You know, um, I can tell you when the fire of God fell upon me and how the fire of God changed me. One day, my pastor wasn't there. I was invited to go speak at Eunice's school to do the assembly 10 minutes. <laughs> and um, I took a keyboard player with me uh, and I said to her, play. And, I, and then after she played, I, I spoke. And I mean, the girls weren't listening to me. You understand? You're talking there, you're talking to a thousand girls. And now they're all sitting there and tar, 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 tar. So I said to her, I had God's fire. God baptized me. So I said to her, play. Her, you're a he. I said to her, play. She played. And I began to sing. Those days I could still sing. The three notes. I sang. I love song to them all. No, it's not true. <laughs> I say, can't even remember what I said. I say, because I didn't know what to do. And the fire of God fell. It's, everything just became hush. The principal, Ms. Posthumus, sat behind. She started crying. All the teachers on the platform started crying. They just started weeping, bawling, everybody. My 10 minutes was up. All I did was sing. A song and listen and she goes like this she says go on go on go on go on so I continued singing and the girls start crying all over everywhere they crying not because of my bad singing but because of God touching them the Holy Ghost fell just everywhere the Holy Ghost fell just fell everywhere they were beginning they, they, they began to cry they kept me at Unisi the whole day, took the music room and then brought every classroom, every grade and gave me half an hour with every grade and ministered the gospel to each one of them, led hundreds and hundreds of them to Jesus Christ. On that Friday, a divine God intervention because when I did not know, He knew and I thank God I had something, something I received at the foot of my bed where the Holy Ghost baptized me with fire while I was crying out to God, that liquid fire fell upon me and it changed my life forever. Some of you wanna be used by God, God wants to use you. Some of you have pressed in, you have to press deeper. You have to dig deeper and cry out more for God to use you. And when the time is right, I promise you the fire of God is gonna fall upon you and everybody's gonna see it. Everybody. One of my pastors has been with me forever. I don't wanna point him out, he's not Jason, one of the other cities. And I said to all my staff, all my district pastors, I said, there's something different about him because I could see it. I said, there's something different, he's changed. Because he was a good pastor, good pastor, good pastor. I don't wanna say never left footprints, but let's say left shallow footprints. 
<laughs> and then I suddenly saw substance, weight, growth, everything changing. And he gave his testimony when we said, he said, uh, I said something a few, a few years ago, just before COVID. I had the pastors from the different cities, uh, Blue and Pretoria, Johannesburg, uh, together in a certain place. And we spent time together. And I pointed at him and I said to him, you have to take responsibility. You have to stop living in the shadow. You have to take the responsibility. Says that activated something. He started seeking God. His wife doesn't didn't know what happened to him. Every morning he was up four o'clock in the morning. Now this is somebody that's been in the ministry 25 years already. He's been, already been in the ministry 25 years. It's not somebody that's a, a newbie. And an effective pastor. Counseling, ministering to people. But I could see something changed in him. For, for six months he cried out to God. Six months after being in the ministry for 25 years. For six months. And he only told me now what had happened, but I could see it. I told everybody, Pastor so-and-so has changed. He's not the same. Because when he opens his mouth, there's substance, there's fire. The people are responding. Things are happening. Because after 25 years in ministry, he got hungry for something more. And God baptized him. Says for six months I cried every day. And he's not a crier. He's not one of those crying pastors, weeping prophets. He's a Buddhist. <laughs> But he got into God's presence and God was working with him and God was working in him and God had to break things in him and clean things in him. He wasn't in sin. Just God wanted more from him. So he had to press in for six months and allow God to baptize him afresh. That's a pastor. A pastor. And everything became evident that this man was touched by God in a different way. I can't give that to you. I can provoke you. But until you don't get hungry yourself and desperate and honest, nothing's going to change. There's going to be no footprints in the hearts of the people you minister to. There's going to be no change, no substance. If Jesus said, I came to bring fire, then the question has to be, where is this fire? Where is the evidence of it? And if not, why? Why? Because that fire falls where? Where the sacrifice is right. And what is the sacrifice? The heart. The heart of consecration and surrender. And it's in that place where new songs will be birthed and sermons will be birthed and ministries will be birthed in that place. Because nobody can give you what only God can give you. No one. No one. You can't go buy it. You can fake it for so long. But there's certain things that you receive directly from God. Otherwise, you are a grandchild or an orphan and you're not. You are a legitimate son and daughter of God 
And there are certain things you will only receive from God when you fulfill what God wants for you. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving, please. In this place, in Bloemfontein, in Johannesburg, in Cape Town, Durban, in all the churches, Fintuk, Ports of Struam, where there are so many young people gathered there tonight. You know, these are the days of sifting. These are the days where the dividing line is clearer than ever, where we have to stand. And I believe this is a season where God is being very merciful and where the Holy Spirit is wooing people over and calling people again and again and again and again and again to say, re-surrender your life. Surrender all. Give yourself to Jesus. Give it all. Surrender all. Give your life to Jesus. Maybe at one time you did, but you've grown cold. You've wandered away from Him. Come on. Let God light a fresh fire in you tonight. There where you are tonight. God is there. Not to judge you or condemn you. To love you. To lift you to draw you close to Him. You cannot change yourself. And no matter what you did, God doesn't hold it against you. All He wants from you is that you present yourself to Him and you say, Father, I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of sin. I'm worn out on religion. I need a fresh start with You. Is that you tonight? Is that you that God is talking to tonight? Forget the people around you and listen to your own heart tonight. Tonight there's a hunger in you. You want more of God. You want to surrender your life to Him. Maybe like the prodigal son, you want to come back to your father. You want to surrender everything to Him. Then I want to pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving. That's you tonight. You say, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Or I want to come back to Jesus tonight. If that is the cry of your heart tonight, quietly, wherever you are, just lift your hand. I want to say a prayer for you. Lift it up all over this place. Slip it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Many hands. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. All over this place. Raise it up. Keep lifting your hand. Now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Lift your hand. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Kom vanavond. Vergeet jou vriend wat langs jou sit. Jou vriend gaan nie saam met jou voor die Heere staan een dag nie. Daan bloem en uit. Baie jong mens raar vanavond. God praat met jou vanavond. Vergeet die ouwe wat langs jou sit. Moe nie die romgeende met die Heer word nie. Vanavond maak jy jou eie besluit. Vanavond gee jy jouself oor aan jy. Vergeet jou boyfriend wat al langs jou sit man. Vergeet jou girlfriend. Vergeer die persoon langs jou sit wat geïrriteerd is. God praat met jou vanavond. Voor ek bid. As een woeling binnen in jou, God praat met jou vanavond, sê jy. Ek wil my leven oorgee aan Jesus. Ek wil alles oorgee. Jy het nog nie hand opgetel nie. Tel jou hand vanaf op in Jesus naam, voor ek bid. Nou, dankie, 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 dankie. Da, 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 oor al. Da, da, da. Amen. Please look at me. All over this place. Stand to your feet with me, please. Work with me. <clears throat> Many of you raised your hand. There's a lot of you that raised your hands. God's talking to you. God's working in you. All over South Africa. I feel the presence of God in this place very powerfully right now. Don't be busy. God's winning hearts all over this place tonight, calling you to surrender. 
You know, some people look at this and they say it's an emotional decision. Well, God does touch our emotions because your spirit, soul and body, your emotions, your spirit is intertwined. So, um, otherwise, how do you ever get married if your emotions don't get involved? So don't tell me we don't get involved with God emotionally. It's dead religion that talks like that. God has to activate your emotion to bring you to your senses, to get you to a commitment. When you say, confess Jesus as your Lord, you get saved, that's the Bible. So please, it doesn't matter where you were, what you've done, God loves you, He values you, He paid His price for you. He has a future, He has a hope for each one of you. I want you to close your eyes, just to move every distraction out of your mind and just put your hand on your heart because you're giving your heart. That is the seat of your belief back to God tonight. And I want you all over South Africa to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight I give my heart back to you. I open the door of my heart and I invite you to take your rightful place, to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you that you died for my sin. I believe with all my heart, you rose from the grave. I believe you are alive. Tonight, I surrender my life to you, every part. And I thank you that your grace changes me and gives me a new start and cleanses me from all sin and from all unrighteousness. I receive your forgiveness right now and I receive the gift of salvation and the gift of righteousness through Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.